Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Every Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. Keep your eye on the red and the blue. Thank you for tuning in to Red Legs Radio. We're doing it thanks to climate, air conditioning and solar. Simply the best. And the Telstra shop at Norwood, they know everyone is different. Whatever you need, visit today. The Red Legs, after a wobbly start to the year, are suddenly back in the action. Won their last two. They get over the double blues on Sunday 15-point result, 13-10-88, Tommy Pinion with three, Richie Douglas, Mitchie Grigg and Matty Panos with two goals apiece. How about Sam Balderstone with an almighty 61 hitouts? Mitch Grigg was back to his best. It was great to see Ryan Bastanak into the side for the first time. He showed his class. Miles Fitzner is the voice of SEN Sanford Football. You called the game. You must have been pretty impressed after quarter time. Super impressed after quarter time and, and caught it with Chris Gowans. And what we were really happy with, Hookie, was the fact that it, it was a complete change, that it sort of went the shootout the first quarter end-to-end. Then after that, they slowed the game down, played possession football. We actually noted to ourselves, we think um, Grimer got outcoached. Absolutely, he got outcoached. I agree. And, and I, we'll talk about Jared Cotton later in the day, but I think that was one of his most supreme performances. 26 points down late in the first quarter. I mean, that's season on the line and career on the line, I would have thought, for Jared Cotton. Because if they miss the final, suddenly the fans are going to be up in arms, angry about the way things have gone with a very, very good lineup on paper. That's one of the all-time great coaching performances, I reckon. Absolutely. But they just they settled. They didn't panic. They dropped one behind the football when they needed to drop one behind the football. They uh, transitioned the football well. They used the short kicks. They played the corridor well after it. Like the players executed, but absolutely, when that game plan changed, Gowser said, have a look at this. There was no real sort of line where it turned around. What actually happened was they just slowly but surely kept the ball away, used their kick and marking game. If you saw the marking stat for that game, the marks, unbelievable. It doubled, was, wasn't it? It was hold the football. They, didn't, they were losing the clearances. It was when we've got it, hold it, pick away, um, pick away the the. Um, Sturt players move the ball forward and execute. So much to talk about with this game. As you said, you called it for uh, 1629 SEN SA with Chris Gowans. Let's pick up a couple of the highlights right now. From goal, Saira just tries to pump it straight back in. Pinion's going to fly out the front. Nah. Tommy Pinion, the boy from the great Southern League in his first season at the Red Legs. So he leans back and the kick, the umpire moves a little way to his left, but looks a beautiful off the boot. And Tommy Pinion. Well, here they come. The Red Legs have kicked their sick. Josh Richards, so the brothers looping up. Now, Shenton, he comes through on the run, runs into 50, step past to Pinion. And Norwood going to get another shot on goal. What has he got, 45 metres? And a tight angle. Only one goal being kicked this quarter. Leans back on it. Umpire doesn't move. 
And Tommy Pinion went bang from the pocket. And we've got a one-point ball game. Shenton now to Grigg in the centre of the ground. He's got busy this quarter. He's just gone bang. He's had a pot shot of goal. Grigg from the middle of the ground. And kicks a goal. And Norwood hit the front. Norman again. Got Hine an option. Turns around and runs in as a siren sounds. Here at Peter Motley Oval. Well, 31 minutes have went this time. Sturt 10, 13, 73 have gone down to the Norwood Redlegs. 13, 10, 88 if you don't mind. So there was the voice of Miles Fitzner for SENSA sixteen twenty nine. Wonderful call from you and Chris Gowans. Uh, Ryan Bastanak, new to the side. What did he add? Uh, uh, we I actually went and saw Balders after the game. We were talking about this down at one of the hotel establishments, just recovering, of course. He had a water. And uh, he's clean in the contest. His hands and decision-making inside, you can just see that, that he makes decisions quicker than everybody else. Like it, that, it's that elite-level judgment, and that is elite-level hands inside. You didn't really notice it, but they were really short. The one-meter handballs inside the contest, super. He'll only be better for that. He'll only be better for that game and that run. Yeah, it was only, uh, I think he was still sort of iffy and touch and go whether or not he was going to play, but... Um, yeah, he's going to be super, 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 super. Richard Douglas got a lot of it last week. Not so much of the ball this week. Still chimed in for two goals. Just value for stats, isn't it? It was value for stats. Gowan's actually said on air, he said it's one of the best lower possession games you'll ever see. Because it was like we were calling him everywhere, but he actually didn't have a lot of the football. Super, super value for stats. You've nailed it there, hooky. Uh, Matthew Panos, the skipper. We were in trouble at quarter time. Uh, coach stuck him into the middle and, gee, he had an influence. Massive. Panos, just clean. That's the cleanest football we've played all year. When they slowed it down, didn't look panicked. Yeah, it was just super clean to watch. I was really impressed watching it live because they just slowed the ball down. You know, even Emmanuel Ira, he was clean. He hasn't been clean all year. Ah, uh, well, there was uh, Fissner's Findex Financials. He was my hold last week, and he performed very, very well. I reckon his share price would have gone oh, up. A I don't reckon it's gone up, but uh, it's still there. We'll wait for that a little bit later on, of course, section uh, day two or week two of Fissner's Findex Financials. Don't forget, you can call or text in oh, because yeah. cause we, we've, we've got a guest coming up, which is Matt Suckling, 2013 Premiership player. He's going to join us and, and see what he's up to in Melbourne. But give us a call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, 736 or send us a text 0427 what you thought of Saturday's game what you think of the season so far send us a text on anything we're happy to take them you get the Blades of Barber Lounge voucher and the Norwood Sports Power vouchers and I've got a question for the listeners today as well 1300 736 736 0427 154 are the Sanford umpires better than the AFL umpires Oh, you're probably asking me that. The AFL umpiring, and I don't blame the umpires for this at all, but the AFL umpiring is at an all-time low in 120 years of football. And I'm watching a lot of Sanford football at the moment, and I listened to your call while I had the digital pass with the volume down. Always take in the SENSA 1629 call. Of course, of course. Um, But it just, there was no mention of the umpires. There was no mention of, uh, gee, that was an unusual decision. It just seemed like the umpires just react nicely. They're not proactive. They're not looking for things that aren't there. They just react to the decision that needs to be made, blow the whistle, and everyone moves on. At the start of the season, they were very hot on the whistle. It's like they, I said that call in the games at Adelaide Oval, they was like they were just waiting all COVID to get out there and blow it, and they blew it for everything. I have noticed a little bit of a change in the holding the ball rule at sample level where they are following the AFL lead because I think they're obviously watching a bit of TV and going we've got to be hotter on it a flow on effect but in standard overall absolutely there were times especially in that game on the weekend that was the opposite to the start of the season where they sort of went 
I was like, well, that's probably a free kick, and that's probably a free kick, and they just sort of went, you know what, whistle away, away you go, boys. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four two seven one five four one double six. Are the Sandful umpires better than the AFL umpires? My theory is. The AFL umpires are better, but the Samphal umpires have got a far more sensible system of interpretation and a way of managing the game. And I think that's the secret to the way Samphal football is really interesting at the moment. The game's open. I do like the one-touch rule, of course, but we're seeing far higher scores in the Samphal than we are in the AFL. And I think that's in part because it's very simple. If you go to ground and take possession of the ball, you're probably going to get nutted for holding the ball. Otherwise, you just try and move it on and the umpires aren't too critical of guys who are trying to take possession of the ball and make the game. The amount of texts I've had during the week that are saying people, and people from the country down in Aracourt where I'm from, saying we're watching sample football at the moment all over the AFL football. Fair Dinka, Will Nolan, all the crew down there, shout out if you're listening. They've messaged me a lot and said, mate, we're watching sample footy. They can't watch, mainly because some of them are probably Crow supporters, but they can't watch AFL footy at the moment. But send us a text and let us know what you think. If you went to the game, if you're going to a game, we've got some things coming up too um, with the Fortis 5 membership. We can let you know about getting some home games too. Okay, here we go. I've uh, got a couple of other players that I want to ask you about. Mitch Grigg, back to his best? Uh, no, not back to his best. Nope. No, 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 no. But he's, like, he looked dangerous. He free-flowing. He was moving on top of the ground. Um, had big conversations about it during the week. A lot smaller oval, Peter Motley Oval, and, yep. he, and it doesn't get exposed for um, endurance and speed. Yep. So on the smaller grounds back in suburbia, Griggy's only going to get better and better. Um, but super, good by foot, good in the contest. What do you have, 28 or 9? Kicked an absolute bomb from the centre square. You heard that. I didn't think the call was all that great, to be perfectly honest, but hard critic. But, yeah, he was super, absolutely super. Not best on ground, but super. We're going to talk about the best on ground very shortly. We'll get to him. I want to ask you about uh, Tommy Pinion, the boy who's come from community footy, just starting to find his feet by the looks. He is, but he's also starting to get better delivery. Yeah. And so it's not – Tommy's presented like this week in, week out. Now, but he's getting still getting balls at half volley level. And every now and then I think if you get four or five balls at half volley level – hooky and then you lead out and you get one that's absolutely pinned on your chest and you sort of got to rotate that body in the contest they're the ones that start to bounce out when you've been bending over the whole time but aerially he was super and that was the reason was because they were kicking the ball to his advantage side body side and I think he's been thereabouts it's just a delivery got better for him and therefore he got to show his talents Nick Rokar best game for the club um, no, I thought Rokar was very good early on one of the Adelaide Oval games. Very, very good. Um, yeah, they rough him up. He does a lot of roughing up off the ball. Um, I think it needs to be, if he's doing a job on someone, I think a few of the other blokes need to get around and sort of help him out a bit because the other teams go for him when he's doing a job on someone. Looks versatile though, doesn't he? He can he can do a job, as I say. He can shut someone down. He can go into defence, but it looks like he can win his own ball as well. Does win his own footy. The only thing I query sometimes is he does have an ability that where the handball needs to be used. He has a really short, proppy sort of kick like almost a little chip kick. And um, I think sometimes he needs to run two or three and, and just give the handball and get it get it going. Uh, let's talk about the big boy, oh, Sam Balderstone. That, that, that. I've got a bone to pick with you first. Go on. Because you said, you said on this show about the People's Choice, what, oh, he must have his family texting in and all this sort of stuff. And I've picked him. I've got a few text messages saying, well, there's no family texting. He's been that good. Mate, he is that good. He's in McGarry Metal Nick. 
he was as good as anyone on the on the weekend. You know what? He wasn't first in the People's Choice voting, so I reckon he's been stacking the deck in the previous few weeks. No and he just way. let it roll this week. He was that good. He felt like he didn't need to put his thumb on the scales, and suddenly it was Mitchy Grigg who we, got all of the votes. We're we going go- to talk about that a little bit later. Oh, we're going on. later. later. Yeah, we will get to that, but what did you think of his game? And also, what did you think of Sturt's decision to actually just give up on trying to win the ruck? So they moved Faye Sparks forward, and Abe Davis rucked against Baldur's so for spoke- most of the second half. It was Baldur's and I have spoken about this, and the reason that they did it was because they were trying to face Sparks had to stay off him and try and jump. And what was happening was Baldur's was actually able to get um, the big wider taps in, and they thought that Davis getting inside with his size body on body would stop Balderstone. He'd have to bring it straight down rather than tapping the space. Well, it actually worked against him. They left face Sparks down there because he started to give away free kicks and uh, Davis was their best option. But if you actually ask Balders, I think he preferred rucking against Davis because he wants the body on body. He had face Sparks jumping on his head after time. Yeah. And he didn't like that all that much, even though he was killing him. Mate, he clearances and hit outs in the comp. He's, in, he's now leading the hit outs. Um, by 30 yeah. after being third. And I think in the clearances, he's still three or four in the comp for clearances. He's actually doing his bit around the ground as well. He took some pretty important contested marks. And you know what? For a big lumbering bloke, he uses it well. I mean, his little chip kick left foot is very, very reliable. Mate, up until this week when Norwood got cleaner, he was their best ball user. And I don't think anyone at the club will knock that. He was their best ball user. He was as good by foot and as clean by foot. And that's the reason why he got recruited. If they've seen the photos and all that from when he was down at Mount Compass, he was a big boy with elite skills. And Sturt tried to get him. Norwood ended up with him. He's dropped an absolute stack of weight. Um, and he's in, I'd say, career-best form. But you know what's also driven him? He's been runner-up in the BNF a few times oh, too. Yeah. yeah. And now Brad McKenzie rightfully you know, won last year, but Baldus was super. Um, being a two or three time runner up best and fairest, we're going to talk to a two time runner up best and fairest in Matt Suckling in a while. He'll tell you what it's like. Yeah. It's not nice. And Baldus is like, he's deserving of a Michael Taylor medal. I interviewed Baldy last year at the best and fairest awards, and he was, you could just tell that, I mean, he didn't feel like he necessarily was robbed, but he was just really genuinely disappointed that he couldn't get his name on that Michael Taylor medal because that is something pretty special at the Norwood Football Club. It certainly is, but it's also um, with the loss of Henry Crawford to Essendon, and if this is Baldur's last year, there's a big, big, big hole that needs. He has been the absolute pillar. He hasn't been injured. I mean, and when he's been injured, it hasn't been for very long. For three years, or four years, I would say, he's been their most important player. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four two seven one five four one double six. If you want to join in the conversation, and please do. And Miles Fitzner for Redleg Radio. Two more questions for you. I was really disappointed with the quality of the surface at Unley Oval. It looked like there was barely a blade of grass on it. Yeah, it was a real patchy looking. It was like a paddock, wasn't it? But considering it hasn't seen a heck of a lot of footy, was that a bit underwhelming? I don't know. Gowser seemed to think it had a lot to do with dog walkers and COVID, that it might have been dog urine that had done something to them. Because he, Two- said, he said he's played there and he's literally been tackled next to a... Big steamer, yeah, from yeah. the locals. It is, a, it is an issue. I'm a uh, resident. Of, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah of the only council. You take I'm, your dog there? No, no, I don't have a dog. So, oh, right. Uh, well, so then, well, they're not the dog steamers then, anyway. Don't blame me. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking any responsibility. But I was disappointed with the service, in particular when you remember back two years ago, Only Oval hosted, uh, or Peter Motley Oval, I beg your pardon, hosted an AFL preseason game. The ground looked in absolutely pristine condition. And for a venue that hasn't seen a heck of a lot of footy, I just thought it was a little bit underwhelming. Anyway, Do you know what I think that is, though? I'm from the country. It's frost damage. A lot of it does that. If you don't have the right grass at the right time and fertilise, that tinge can come in. It looks really bad, but it'll play okay underfoot. 
not a lot of players slipped, but it looked like frost damage to me. Okay, uh, let's just go through uh, the league. They were bottom. They're now fifth. The reserves, we know they're struggling, but the under-18s are third and the women are fourth and will play finals. Yep. What's the general feel like around the club? I feel like the mood's lifted a bit. Oh, I think it has. I think a couple of wins on the trot. You know, the Bays have come back to the pack. Um, the comp's pretty even. I think they know there's a flag up for grabs, and I think they're starting to get some players back. We'll hear from the team shortly, but it's certainly good we had yeah, Lewis Johnson and um, Anthony Wilson back on the park. And when we start getting players back from injury, beware for the leg. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the phone number. The text line is 0427 154 166. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar, SA's biggest Dakin dealer and their proud sponsors of the Red Legs. Telstra Shop Norwood, they have phones to drones, Fitbits to Foxtel, so visit their friendly experts today. Greg Champion coming up very shortly. You are listening to Red Legs Radio. Every Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. Keep your eye on the red and the blue. Yeah, we're doing it thanks to Climate, Air Conditioning and Solar. They are simply the best in the Telstra shop at Norwood. They know everyone is different. So whatever you need, you pop on into the Telstra shop at Norwood today. I have the team in my hand, the Norwood side that will take on West Adelaide at Richmond. What's it called? High Sense, high sense. Stadium. High Sense Arena. On Saturday. High Stadium? Sense Stadium, Stadium, I think it is. I'm going to run with High Sense Stadium. Pat Levicki's side. Richmond Oval. Yeah, yeah, Milner yeah, Road, one of, the, uh, one of the great footy venues. Just a really beautiful ground, I actually find, even though the uh, outs, you know, it's all factories around the outside. But the actual surface itself, I've never very, been. very good. No cricket there, I think, is always uh, a bit of a winner. Anyway, let's talk about the team that is taking on Westies on Saturday afternoon. Across the full back line is Mackenzie Ball and Rokar. Across half back, Wilkins, Shenton, Zed Richards. Centre line is Johnson, Panos, Bastinac. Gee, I like Matty Panos in the middle. Half forwards, Nunn, Pinion, Douglas. Across the full forward line, Barry Ellison, Hamilton. On the ball, S. Ballerstone, you wouldn't believe, is going to play in Ruck, Grigg and Abbott. I'll be interested in your thoughts on Will Abbott and how he's uh, finding his feet so far. Uh, on the interchange bench, Jay Richards, Wilson, Ira, Collins, Bampton, Spence and Saywell. So that means no one out. Matty Nunn is back in along with Spence and Saywell onto the extended bench. Uh, that is uh, a nice sign, Miles Fitzner, when you think that we've had some injury troubles over the previous couple of weeks. No one out this week is a good sign. No, very good sign. But pressure on spots is what you need. Consistency, it's exactly what we're after. But getting the good players back, Matty Nunn, Lewis Johnson, Anthony Wilson plays 100th selected. It's pretty quiet last week. But, um, He'll just... get a game, won't he? I can't imagine you don't pick Anthony Wilson if he's fit and raring to go. You don't I... drop him after one chance. No, I don't think they need, it for, like, they need him for outside speed. Like You just needed a game to warm into it. But him and Don Barry, very quiet. Be very, very surprised if he doesn't get a game. Will Abbott, so uh, down on touches last week. We know he had that really serious knee injury uh, towards the second half of last year. How do you, how do you think he's travelling? Uh, travelling pretty well, the tackle dog. You should see, oh, what, yeah. uh, like watching it live inside, the stuff he does inside the contest, you mightn't get a touch for it, but absolutely super. Will Abbott was a barometer. Remember, he, he came from uh, the amateurs, and as soon as he went in, they won 13 straight with Will Abbott in the side, and the minute he went out, they started losing. Mm. He is a barometer. He's sort of the Colhoun... For Sturt, Will Abbott for Norwood. Inside, tough. And a ripping bloke to boot. And another bloke who's versatile. He can just sit on someone and shut them down if that's the role we need him to play as well. He could have played across half back and ran with Kirkwood if that was a serious issue last week. Yeah, well, well, it wasn't. I mean, they weren't going to send anyone to Battersby either. He was bloody 
terrible, I thought. Like, Battersby doesn't... Still gets a bit of it, though, doesn't he? Yeah, I know, but... Didn't, didn't hurt us, I thought. That no, was the, it, the main issue. Never, he, never, of, he never does hurt us. Gets a lot in the, in the back half. Uh, now, just very quickly, Ellison. Gee, I reckon he's got some future. Yeah, he's got some talent. Yeah, he's a good... He's it, got a funny style kick. He, he's not naturally gifted, I don't no, think. No, no. It looks like a giraffe trying to kick a baby rhino. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's awkward, but, um, yeah, it's... Sermon will sort of play probably in front of Ellison, um, but yeah, very good player. Uh, right, that was uh, the teams were thanks to Paradise Motors, and we're going to move on to my favourite award. Oh, uh, my favourite little no, it's not, not my favourite, but the one that I invented last week, and we're running with it. It's thanks to uh, Findex Financial Planners. It's Fitzner's Findex Financials. Now, this is very simply, we just make out that football is share prices. You can buy, you can sell, you can hold. Last week. You bought, you, know, you reckon you're a finance Mate, man. A, you bought the Eagles. Yeah, and I did. And what did they do? They come and rolled the base, their value goes up. You bought them at absolutely top of the yeah, pops and their price went up a little bit more. You margin. Sold, you sold the Sample Tribunal. Yep, and there's margin. Win-win. <laughs> and you held Norwood. Good hold. And I great reckon. hold. Yeah. Because so, their value's gone up. They're win-win-win. I can't say you've made a lot of money. You can't buy when Doesn't they're Doesn't matter, mate. A win's a win. What did you do? I bought West Adelaide. Oh, yeah, but I don't, hey, I don't they know. They weren't too bad. They had South down there at Norlunga. They weren't too bad. But did they win? No, they didn't win. But That's a loss. Just sit tight. The value okay, is maybe, down. Maybe I lost Ant. a couple of cents there. Where's the Ant sold, button? I sold Glenelg. Yeah, Good. well, that's smart. That's a great yep, sell. So there's margin there. And I held Emmanuel Lira. Yeah, well, and that's there's no value up or down with that. Okay, for Findex, what are you buying, what are you selling, and what are you holding this week? I'm buying Mitch Grigg. He's back. Grigary, the two-time. You buy the, when they're high. I, I mean, no, 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 no. no. I'm buying when they're on the way up. Sandful bought him at, uh, what they buy him at? 36. 36. Absolutely stupid <laughs> to ever made that list. Go on. Yep. Uh, I'm holding the Eagles. Well, because well, like, I've already bought them, you can't so I'm, sell them. No, well, no, well, I can if I wanted to, because they've gone, they've gone up. I could sell them now and make some money. Because not much, no, not anyway, a lot. Good, yep. but uh, sell Glenelg. They're gone. Mark Stone was on Kimber on the Root Jelly at Glenelg. Uh, they they can't gel. They're going to get too far down and behind Glenelg. I'm I'm calling them and Sturt on Sunday on sixteen twenty nine with Chris Gowns again at two o'clock. And tune in if you want to have a listen. Missed, missed the price last week very quickly because Greg Champion is about to join us. I'm buying Jared Cotton. Maligned as a coach in the last few weeks. Oh, yep. And I'm buying him. Well, up. he's high. I'm not. I'm not. Well, he wasn't. He's he's been criticised. Nobody's high after last week. Highly criticised. But the the price. Yeah, I reckon the price will be on the rise. I'm buying just a little bit of Cody Ellison as well. So I'm going to spread oh, a bit yeah, there. Splitting it here. Very very low price, and I reckon he's worth it. I'm selling North Adelaide. I'm going to sell some North Adelaide shares. Oh. I reckon they might be the first to crack, and I reckon they've got a tough game this weekend. And I'll be holding my West Adelaide stocks. Yep, beautiful. Quick text coming on the line. Tom from Cummins here wondering how Henry Nelligan is going. Look, Nelligan looks good. Um, he didn't get a lot of touches first game in a difficult sort of game. He's not really a high accumulator, but he's sort of been looks like he's been playing a little bit higher and out of position. Looks a super talent. He was first picked in front of the others, in front of Spence and a few of those other players. So uh, don't worry about Henry Nelligan. He's on the march. So don't worry about him. Tommy, thank you for the text. Uh, we'll be doing the People's Choice Awards uh, a little bit later on in the show. But joining us after a couple of minor technical difficulties, but we've got him up on the line now. Greg Champion, welcome back to the program. Oh, happy to be here. Good evening, folks. Uh, champs, we sort of have joked week in, week out about uh, the ever-growing coronavirus problem in Melbourne, but uh, it's grim now. It's it's not a laughing matter anymore, is it? 
Well, I was just talking to Mum and Campbelltown out there, you know, uh, out there at Newton, you know, and I'm really, uh, I, I still keep saying, uh, I haven't really noticed. Uh, in my, uh, personally, uh, the only difference is I, I have to wear a mask when I go to the supermarket, but uh, otherwise, uh, out here in the outer suburbs where I am, um, there, there, are, there are no cases to speak of, so um, it's, it personally, I'm not feeling it. However, that's, uh, for, for some others, a very, very different story indeed. So uh, I, I can't speak from experience. It's uh, life. Life is somewhat normal here for me, but for others, not. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's over 700 cases today and uh, 13 deaths. So uh, yeah, our sympathies out to all of those families who have been affected. The one thing we love about you, chaps, is that you've always nailed your flag to the mast that you are. I couldn't think of that. I, I've yeah, probably just it, mixed a couple of metaphors yeah, there, haven't yeah, I? Crossed a few what, what, like what, what, what is that metaphor? Yeah, what do you know? It doesn't like, exist, champs. You are South Australian through and through. We might get you straight into uh, a track for us, please, mate. Just uh, something that reminds yeah. us of uh, of your wonderful roots over here across on uh, the western side of the Victorian border. It's called Nailing My Flag to the Mast. <laughs> <laughs> I've just written it. It's a very, very fresh one. Uh, I'm always nailing my flag to the mast. Rudy, doody, 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 doody. That's all i got to for you so far. Yeah, that's good. Me, it's it's a work in good. progress. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, it'll be good. You just trust me. Anyway, uh, I've got a little song about uh, Mr. Balderstone. Oh, oh yes, of beauty. course. Oh, well, well, I, we, we, he had 61 hit-outs on the weekend, champ, so your timing is excellent. 61 hit-outs. Uh, look, I wrote this myself, except that a bloke I know in Adelaide sent me the, all the lyrics. Oh, your fangirl. <laughs> your fangirl sent you something. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I, anyway, see a, uh, I see a future as your, uh, you know, your content provider. Yeah, one of the, uh, I won't, get, uh, look, I'm not naming names, but one of the two main presenters on your program <laughs> has, has given me the lyrics. Well, on me. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even sure who I'm, who I'm talking to. <laughs> All right, here we go. He's sent for's number one, Ruckman, nobody disagrees. He came to us from Mount Compass. At 150 kgs, look, <laughs> reading it on the paper, it looks like at 51 kgs, <laughs> but it's at 150 kgs. He serves it up for our rovers on field. He sets the tone. A fan favourite on Cooper's Hill is Sammy Balderstone. He may well lead us to the flag, our Sammy Balder. Oh, he'll love that. He will froth on that, champs. I can tell you he'd be grinning ear to ear right now. Reasonable words, but performed uh, (laughs) to take it to a whole new level, champs. (laughs) Right, now my second verse of nailing my flag to the mark. Perfect. If Hooky doesn't come first, he comes last. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like to sing the verse too, but I don't have it yet, so sorry. Next next week. All right, well... No, No, I'll do another song, but... Nailing my flag to the master, yeah, yeah. I'm working on it in my mind as we speak. <laughs> now, another song? Yeah, please, uh, take us out to the break. Just uh, something a little bit patriotic. That's right. I, it's called I Still Call South Australia Home, all right? Beautiful. I've seen the harbour lights of Tinseltown. I've seen the Yarra. It's nice, but it's brown. I have wandered from Woodenbong to Bendigo, but I still call South Australia home. 
I'm always traveling, I love being free, from Noosa to Surfers to Mullumbimby. But no matter how interesting Australia can be, I still call South Australia home. All the lovely wineries, their passion for footy, their disdain for Victorians, especially in the current crisis with the border closed. <laughs> you can take the one tram from town to Glenelgan. You can ride it back to town again. One day I'll shop again in Rundlemore. <laughs> I'll go see the crows play. Oh no! I'll go see the redlegs play <laughs> some br- some brilliant football. I'll admire Tea Tree Plaza and how much it's grown, especially when I'm playing at the the, the, the Tea Tree Gully Football Club. <laughs> and I still call South Australia home. Ah, oh, champs, oh, magnificent. Good. Um, I'm actually picturing you performing that song lying on a piano in white pants and a floral shirt right now. That was how Peter <laughs> Allen used to, uh, yeah, used to perform it. Going to Rio. <laughs> James, well, well, well done. Uh, Go on, mate. Uh, uh, sorry, Matty. Go uh, on. I had uh, Dale Fleming, ironically, had me lined up to play at uh, Tea Tree Gully Football Club. Uh, the song lyric is uh, coincidental. It was there before this, uh, uh, but I can't get out of the state uh, to get there just yet, but hopefully sometime. Well, Dale Fleming still wants you and Paul Kelly to do a show at the Norwood Football Club, as I keep reminding. So if you can get on your mate Paul Kelly to do a show, sure we get a turn out there, champs. Yeah, well, Paul grew up in Roslyn Park, and I was over in Hectorville, so they're only two suburbs apart, but they're worlds apart in demographics. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then we got Timmy Rogers at the Arch Enemy, the Double Blues. Um, we, there could be yeah, some yeah. sort of collaboration for the next Sturt versus Norwood game. Having met Tim Rogers in Melbourne, uh, he's, he's passionate North. Now, yes. he did the Sturt, yeah, but is he from Adelaide? I, I'm forgetting. Is he from Adelaide? He's, he's got some ties here. I think he, he, he was... Grew up in Melbourne, moved to Victoria, so moved to South Australia for a period of time, and uh, and then went right. back. I think I'd have to so research that. He's but... having a bit each way. He's bisexual about his nationality. <laughs> uh, Champs, uh, you're performing very well, and so is the Norwood Football Club. They've won the last two. They're going very nicely. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing them on the weekend, and looking forward to catching up with you again next week. Yeah, nice to talk. See you soon. Catch you next week. That's Greg Champion there, our musical performer who is a devotee of the Norwood Football Club. Climate, air conditioning and solar, SA's biggest steak and dealer, their proud sponsor of the Red Legs and the Telstra shop at Norwood. Have phones to drones and Fitbits to Foxtel. Visit their friendly experts today. You're listening to Red Legs Radio. Every heartbeat's true for the red and the blue as we sing the song to you. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. Keep your eye on you listen to Red Legs Radio. It's thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and Solar. They're simply the best. And the Telstra shop at Norwood, they know everyone is different. Whatever you need, visit today. Uh, our special guest is about to join us, Matt Suckling. Uh, before we do that, just a reminder, you, you know, you've got a special announcement. I tonight. do have a special. Well, I just got a text through just as we're going on. Yeah. That's why I'm grinning into ear to ear here. My very good friend, Sam Old and Lucy Clark. Sam Old from Old Family Wines. Just got engaged up at... Uh, up on the on the coast, like northern coastline, up near Port Vincent up there. So shout out to them. Super congratulations. They're sitting at the pub having a beer. Just the greatest people you'll ever meet. So I'm I'm absolutely over the moon stoked. So thanks for that, Hooky. But yeah, geez, I'm pumped. They're up and about and getting engaged. Another wedding, mate. Another wedding. 
Plenty to come uh, on the show. <laughs> you love a wedding, don't you? I you, love you, a wedding. Oh, yeah. I've never seen anyone. And I'll tell you what, your Instagram feed just goes yeah, I love nuts. A Bucks party my Instagram too. feed goes nuts. Uh, it's time to uh, just take a little bit of a blast from the past, a view into the rear vision mirror, and just catch up with one of the uh, former greats of the Norwood Football Club who's been good enough to join us at short notice. Matty Suckling, welcome to Redlegs Radio. Thanks for having me, fellas. Am I speaking to Darcy Fitzner or Miles? Oh, oh, yeah, well, right, a lot right. of people would love to speak to Darcy Fitzner, but unfortunately he was unavailable. So you got uh, you got Miles Fitzner, mate. Uh, I thought I was going to be talking to the stallion. I caught the gelding. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's on fire <laughs> no, early, he's, he's, he's on the He's dancing down the wicket to the first ball. Suckers, are you playing any footy, mate? Uh, well, unfortunately, in Victoria, um, we've had a bit of a, uh, a coronavirus crisis and you boys would be aware so um all um sports basically been called off for the rest of the year but i was intending on having a kick and i'd probably like to have one next year somewhere but i'm just not really sure where that is yet you'd had a kick up at wangaratta with the big juice newton and craig evans have gone up there too you went up there for a little bit didn't you suckers yeah, I had a great time up there. Um, I was packing some serious heat. I was about 105 kilos. Oh, <laughs> big boy. Yeah, I'd, I'd stacked it on um, inside Midi Life. Trent DeMont knows all about that. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then because I was pretty fat and unfit, I um, ended up doing another hamstring, which, you know, sort of preceded my time at Norwood. And, um, yeah, so I ended up missing the rest of the year. And But, no, it was a lot of fun. I had a really good time playing there. And since then, I haven't actually had a kick, but... Um, Really looking forward to getting back into it next year somewhere, hopefully. 105 kilos and a leg injury. Sounds like the house was too big for the stilts, mate. Hey, are you keeping uh, are you keeping your eye out on uh, what's happening 2020 Norwood Footy Club? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I have a massive interest in the boys and how they're going. So, um, look, obviously they started a little bit slow, but understandably, you know, considering that they had a few change in personnel this year, again, Rossi's just working his magic wand and, um, you know, the... I think they're starting to get it together now, which is great. So they've got some time to hopefully launch into a, another successful finals campaign for the boys. Our guest here, Hooky, got a very, very good relationship with Mark Ross. They're, little, they're good friends, Suckers and Rossi. Very, very close. Hey, let's go back to the past here, Suckers. Bobby Quinn medalist. You're runner-up 2011 to Kieran McGuinness, who was a superstar. Good player. Of, superstar player. And then 2013, flag year, you're runner-up to Joffa by one vote. Tell us... What it's like being runner-up in a best and fairest by one vote? Well, the bride mating <laughs> hasn't stopped, really, because I can't, obviously two runner-up best and fairest at the legs in, in the space of three years. And tonight I was actually second fiddle to Trent DeMont, but unfortunately Trent couldn't take the call, so oh. second fiddle suckers. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really living up to my, um, my reputation. You, you, had a, you, bride, you, you had a good year in 2013, though. Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. But unfortunately, another hamstring sort of got me undone. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, I was actually quite lucky to finish back close because I probably shouldn't have played the grand final with the way my hamstring was. So I look at it; I got a medal instead, which was pretty good. What are your memories of that of that era? Like that 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 was the they're the, they're the golden like for the modern person. They're the golden ages. You know, you Bodie and all the boys running around like that. That was an incredible time. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, I probably look back on it um, with a little bit of, I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful for, you know, having the opportunity to be at the club at that particular time and to hopefully have assisted in, you know, turning the culture around a little bit to, you know, the success that we had over that three or four year period. But 
know, it's just a shame that we weren't able to sustain it a little bit longer. Um, and I think that there is a, a responsibility to players like myself that probably left before before our time was up. So, you know, in hindsight, I, I would have liked to have stayed around a little bit longer. And, you know, there's definitely a sort of a feeling of responsibility that, you know, you, you, you let the club down by leaving um, a little bit too soon. But, yeah, look, mate, they were the best times and, yeah, definitely the best times of my life for sure. Uh, suckers, uh, most people who listen into this show are SANFL devotees and they don't have much understanding of uh, what happens at AFL level. Necessarily, some of them do, but some of them are very have a very narrow focus. You were involved in one of the all-time great AFL draft stuff-ups where your <laughs> name was called by the Hawthorne Football Club when apparently they were trying to draft someone else. Just give us the quick nutshell of how that story played out. Yeah, um, it's actually quite funny considering that... Um, I actually had a, a, a quite a big article written about me about four or five months ago on the Herald Sun. It's the first time anyone's really sort of, you know, told the story before per se. But um, yeah, look, it was it was an interesting time. I'd just come off uh, an, a knee reconstruction the year before, came back as an overage player at Sandringham in the TSC Cup, won the best and fairest. We actually had a full day for that year. We had four or five players drafted in the top 15. Tom Lynch of the Crows was taken by... Kilda, Ty Vickery, uh, Jack Watts was actually drafted number one that year. He was from Sandingham. Um, and I'd done a pre-season at Richmond. And I was told about two days before the rookie draft that they were um, going in a different direction. So, um, yeah, it was it was an interesting time. I was around the mark, but, you know, at the end at the end of the day, not good enough. And at the time that it happened, I actually knew that um, it was the other Matt Suckling because obviously, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd been aware that two years earlier he'd been rookie listed and I was aware that, AFL rules at the time um, to retain him on the rookie list for a third year. They had to delist him and then re-rookie him. Mm. Um, so, look, I, I knew where it was at, but the hardest thing at the time was, you know, everyone, because they did call out my number, um, everyone, you know, comes up on the screen, you know, Matt Suckling, Sandringham Dragons, and everyone thinks it's you. So you've got to, you know, do the, go through the unfortunate task of telling everyone that it's not you. So it was, you know, it was, it was incredibly hard at the time. And, probably took me about a year and a half to get over in terms of just that, you know, that deflation of not necessarily knowing that it was me per se, but more so you feel like you've let a lot of people down. And, um, yeah, it was, it was tough at the time, but, you know, it, it, if that never happened, then I probably would have never found my way to Norwood. So, you know, you've got to look at it from um, class half all sort of stuff. Because your phone was lighting up, wasn't it? There was 150 people yeah, well, who were all yeah. texting you at once saying congratulations, and you sort of had to get back to them individually and say, look, I don't think it's me. Yeah, no, well, I was, I was sort of, I, I remember a, a lady who was working with Dad called me and she, she was one of the people that got through and I, I basically had to tell her to, to get next because <laughs> I was trying to get a phone call from my regional manager or, or someone from the AFL to just confirm that it wasn't me so that I could sort of put the flame out. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what ended up happening. I got a call from um, Ron Austin from the AFL and Graham Wright from Hawthorne and just got it confirmed um, that way, and yeah, have to sort of yeah to send the group techo out. That was it. <laughs> well, mate, onwards and upwards. We ended up at Norwood, and we ended up having some good times together. Suckers, do you Two still, flags. Yeah, a couple of flags, but we've also had some good times off the field too. We've had some good putt-butt days with Dean <laughs> Southwards, didn't we, Suckers? But yeah, we did, also, yeah. you're still catching up, still seeing a bit of Jezza and a bit of Darren Pfeiffer. Darren Pfeiffer's sort of not um, teaching yoga or, you know, making coffee anymore. He's actually got a job or something now, old Fife, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, hashtag normal Darren. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh, Darren Glass, he, um, <laughs> the story Miles could tell another day, I think. He, um, yeah, no, so 
how much he enjoys them. He, he, he enjoys them so much he couldn't find his way to mine, which was a... Uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't throw mine under the bus right now, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I got Melly over in Mexico, and um, Jezza and uh, and Fife were a part of my. Um, they were my groomsmen. Um, Darren, um, as you could imagine, um, you know, acquitted himself quite well. Well, he actually rocked um, up with it. He actually rocked up with a suit because the truth truth be done, we well, remember we went to Bodie's wedding and he didn't have a suit and didn't have a present hooky, and then he actually went and grabbed a rock out of the garden and wrote on the napkin at the Port Elliot Hotel and gave Bodie a rock for his wedding and we had to take him to the op shop to get a jacket and a tie the morning before. That's a true story, isn't it, suckers? Yeah, well, we're also staying at the uh, Karakalinga Golf Club and um, Darren thought it'd be a good idea to do some chipping practice up towards the villas and smashed a window the windows. Well that, that weekend. So, <laughs> But no, no it was actually, like, it's funny you say that because this wasn't a, sh- a story that I was going to share, but Darren had a quite a big night the night before the wedding and all the boys are getting ready at, at my hotel and um, and uh, everyone's like, where's Darren, where's Darren, where's Darren? Anyway, eventually Darren rolls up and uh, sure enough, he doesn't have a shirt. Luckily, luckily, I had actually organised a spare shirt for myself in case my main shirt went wrong. So I ended up having to lend my shirt to Darren so that he would, you know, be adequately dressed for the um, for the wedding. But no, it was, it, was quite, it was actually really funny. It was a great time. There was a in the reception place in Mexico, there was actually a fountain in the middle of the, the reception, and Darren, at about 2.30 in the morning, was, you know, 13, 14 degrees, decided to go for a swim. <laughs> it was pretty cold, so the boys got him out. Um, they've, they've ended up taking him back to my in-laws' place where they were staying just to get him warm, but they hadn't gotten home yet. And Darren thought it'd be a good idea. Like, he was pretty cold, so he's like, well, I'll get out of my wet clothes and try and get into some warmer clothes, and he's found his way into my in-laws' um, uh, bedroom and closet and bathroom. Well, that, that sounds like that sounds like five suckers. But we could go all night. But we've also got to get through and do a women's review too for the end of it. I hate to cut you off. I don't normally do, mate. Dual Premiership player suckers. Uh, we're always going to love you at the Norwood Football Club. You'll always be a legend back here. Uh, we miss you. We thank you for your time this evening on Red Legs Radio. Telling you, lads. Thanks, mate. Matthew Suckling there, dual premiership player with the Norwood Football Club in 2012 and 2013. We are off to a break and we're doing it thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and Solar and the Telstra Shop at Norwood. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. Keep your eye on the red and the blue. Deep in the final term here at Redlegs Radio, thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and Solar and the Telstra Shop at Norwood. The people have spoken. The People's Choice Credit Union voting is in. And I tell you what, it was a bit of a turn up for the books after the legs got over the double blues on the weekend. Mitchie Grigg with 68 votes won the day ahead of Sam Balderstone on 57. Louis Johnson on 32. Will Abbott on 28. Interesting for about a nine-possession game. Deck Hamilton in there with 25. Ryan Bastanak with 21. And my boy Zach Richards there with uh, 16 as well. Tommy Pinion with 34. For Cam Shenton, 22. So uh, that was the 359 votes all up that went uh, were landed last weekend. And that-
that means that the overall leaderboard, Big Sam Balderstone, is now on 192 votes. Giddy Family, up. friends, acquaintances. Me. He's had them all ringing in for him. Boulders, he leads by, what, 108, that is. Mitch Grigg is second on 84. Then it's Will Abbott, Zach Richards on 75 and 71 apiece. Tom Pinion, Cam Shenton, Deck Hamilton, Richard Douglas, Nick Roker, and Josh Richards wrap us up on the People's Choice Credit Union uh, the People's Choice Award leaderboard. Miles Fitzner, you've got a little special come from the club. Yeah, a little special. It's called the Fortis Five membership. Now, listen to this. So um, you get entry into the five home games, so five remaining home games, and this is for $50. But what else do you get? You get a $20 Sports Power Norwood voucher, a $50 Auto Masters voucher, a $10 Blades of Barber Lounge voucher, and a $20 Red Legs Power Bank to the value of $20. And you get your five home games. That's $170 worth of value for $50. Bucks. So if you're out there, you're not a member, get on board the Fortis 5 membership. Head to the website. Currently at 3,200 members. We're up 10% on last year, and we're chasing 3,500. So we need 300 more members. Get on the Fortis 5, $50 value. Uh, you're only going to pay $50 for 170 value. Get on the website and buy it. Text has come through. Great Sammy song by Champs. Love hearing Norwood flavour songs. Should ask supporters to write lyrics. Do and it. best one each gets sung on next week's show. Send them in. I'll just give everyone a little bit of a, oh, just a, little no. bit of a head start. I've put a little ditty together got 45 for Ryan Bastanak for next week. So mm. looking forward Nick to that. Hey, uh, thanks to Barossa Boy Wines, the girls' football report. They got over the line over West Adelaide by 11 points to confirm that they will play finals Up in a the fortnight. Girls. One game to go, they take on Glenelg uh, at Cooper Stadium, and that's uh, on Saturday morning. Cassie Sumbris is back. Ali Farrell will be rested, but the girls are going to be pl- playing finals in a fortnight, which is very good news. Miles, you are off to uh, the footy on Sunday, I'm which going is to Sturt and Glenelg. At Glenelg. I've uh, never been there. It, well, you're going to enjoy that. That's uh, the match of the round for SENSA, so look forward to you at calling that. But, of course, it's the Double Blues taking on... West Adelaide, that's at Richmond Oval, High Sense Stadium on Saturday afternoon. We will see you all at the footy. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.